Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. And as a Christian, as the Holy Spirit is in us, now we have for the first time ever the capacity to do the right thing. We're now free. We're now free. In fact, in verse 16 it says, as free, yet using liberty, yet not using liberty as a cloak for, div- for vice, which is immoral or wicked behavior, but as bondservants of God. Jesus, as we read before, was a bondservant. But this idea of liberty is the liberty to do or to omit things that have no relationship to salvation. In other words, true liberty is living as we should, not as we please. It's living as we should. It's the ability to say no to sin and yes to righteousness. Welcome, everyone, to today's edition of Truth in Christ Radio. Today, as Pastor Rob finishes 1 Peter chapter 2, he reviews the subject of authorities that God has placed over us and how we are to submit to them. As students of the Bible, we know that Jesus always respected the government authority that was in place and over the Jews at the time he was here. When God uses us and we are submissive by following the rules, we will set a good example for others and God will be glorified through us. Jesus has given us his righteousness through his spirit so that we will be able to walk in his light and always do the things that please the Father. Let's join Pastor Rob. From whom do the kings of the earth take customs or taxes? From their sons or from the strangers? And Peter said to them, from strangers. And Jesus said to him, Then the sons are free. Nevertheless, lest we offend them, go to the sea, cast in a hook, (laughs) and take the fish that comes up first. And when he had opened its mouth, you will find a piece of money. Take that and give it to them for me and for you. So after the service today, we're going to go down to Lake Ontario. (laughs) Wouldn't that be a riot? By faith, right? You go down there by faith. You take your worm and you stick it on the hook, and with the wind, it's going to be hard. You've got to put some sinkers on it and just throw it out there and just wait, and you catch a lake trout and bring them in, open up its mouth, and you reach your hand inside and pull out a wad of $100 bills. Praise Jesus. Going to go to Bill Gray's, get those double cheeseburgers and strawberry shakes for everyone. No, but Jesus paid his taxes. Also in Matthew chapter 22, verse 17, the Pharisees were testing Jesus, and he said, Tell us, therefore, what do you think? They said to him, Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? And Jesus perceived their wickedness, and he said, Why do you test me, you hypocrites? Show me the tax money. So they brought him a denarius, which is a a piece of coin, a coin. And he said to them, Whose image and inscription is this? And they said to him, Caesar's. And he said to them, Render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. And so 
even our Savior paid taxes. So are we above our Savior and somehow think we can disobey the law and not get caught or somehow think because we are a child of God that we don't have to do these things? We're not under the law, man. We're under grace. Well, if you really understood what grace was, you would do all of the law. Your heart would be to obey the law. Certainly in our relationship with God, the, the doing of the law doesn't get us salvation. We know that it's faith in Jesus' blood on the cross, right? But that doesn't mean that we don't do the law. In, in, in other words, we, we obey the law. And as a Christian, as the Holy Spirit is in us, now we have for the first time ever the capacity to do the right thing. We're now free. We're now free. In fact, in verse 16 it says, as free, yet using liberty, yet not using liberty as a cloak for, for vice, which is immoral or wicked behavior, but as bondservants of God. Jesus, as we read before, was a bondservant. But this idea of liberty is the liberty to do or to omit things that have no relationship to salvation. In other words, true liberty is living as we should, not as we please. It's living as we should. It's the ability to say no to sin and yes to righteousness. That is what true liberty is. When you can say no, before you were born again, you had very little resolve to obey especially when the lusts of the flesh kicked in and all of a sudden you're finding yourself wanting so badly to take that drink, to take that smoke, to do whatever it is, to gamble, to have that illicit affair, whatever it was, you now have the ability to say, I cannot do that, I will not do that, and I'm not going to do it. Before you were just a slave, being led like a lamb to the slaughter, like an ox being led out. A wonderful man named John Walvoord had this to say. He says, Christian freedom is always conditioned by Christian responsibility. I love that. We have a responsibility as a Christian. In 1 Corinthians chapter 8, we're just going to look at verse 9 because time is fleeting, but I'd encourage you to write down these scriptures and, and look at them. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, Verse 9, it says, But beware, lest somehow this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to those who are weak. You know, you may have the liberty to do something. It may not necessarily be a sin issue for you. But remember that we are to walk circumspectly because other people are watching. Certainly unbelievers and believers themselves, they are looking at us and, and seeing what our lives are all about. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, beginning in verse 12, Paul said this. He said, All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. There are things you can do as a Christian that aren't necessarily sin. But you could stumble somebody so easily. In verse 19 of that same chapter, 1 Corinthians 6, beginning in verse 19, he says, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit which, who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? What, you mean I'm not my own? You mean I can't do as I please? I'm not free then. That's what people think. I'm not free if I can't do what I want. I want to be in control. <laughs> but real freedom, folks, and you know this, is when we finally give over our will to someone else and if we give it over to Jesus, let me tell you something. There is nothing that he is going to withhold from you. There's no good thing that he will withhold from you. No good thing. 
He will want to withhold bad from you, but he'll withhold no good thing to those who love him. For you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Let's touch a little bit closer to home. Do you have the liberty to have a glass of wine with dinner? Will you allow that liberty to stumble someone else? Other Christians who may be dining with you or those who are seeing you in a restaurant who saw you at church the day before? These are the kinds of things that we need to think about. We need to walk circumspectly, take a higher road. Do you have the liberty to have that glass of wine because you don't have a drinking problem? Yeah, you, you probably do. But, you know, you need to take the higher road and say, you know what? Because of all the prohibition in the scripture that speaks against this thing, why would I even bring it to my lips? This is not some kind of legalism. It's common sense. If God tells me that this thing is a fire that I've got to stay away from, am I going to flirt with it? And plus, am I going to parade it around to everyone who can see me, from, from Christians who see me, and even non-believers? That non-believer who may be coming to Christ, that God may be working and now sees a Christian drinking and thinking, well, it must be okay. And they have a problem with drinking. And so you're enabling them and encouraging them. You're being an example to them. Next thing you know, they're off on their binge. Because after all, the Christian did it. I can do it. But God would have you take a higher road, a higher road, because now you don't have to, this liberty that you have in Christ, it's a liberty to not sin. You have the liberty now, you have the liberty to take the higher road and just say, you know what, I'm just forever going to be done with it. (laughs) Going to be done with it. But will you demand your right? Or will you submit to the very sensible thing that God tells us? We are responsible In verse 16, he goes on and he says, As free, yet not using your liberty as a cloak for vice, but here it is, but as bondservants. Do you know what a bondservant is? The bondservant is a doulos. You see this in different parts of the scripture. It is one who gives himself up to another's will, whose service is used by Christ in extending and advancing his cause among men. It's someone who is devoted to another to the disregard of one's own interests. And we see this in the very beginnings of most of the letters here in the New Testament. We see it in the very beginning in Romans chapter 1, verse 1, in Galatians chapter 1, verse 10, in Titus 1, verse 1, James 1, verse 1, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1, Jude 1, verse 1. And the whole idea is they are all proclaiming that they are bondservants of Jesus Christ. They are bondservants. They are a doulos. And when we look at this doulos... Uh, I'm going to read to you from Exodus chapter 21. This is where it all comes from, right here. Exodus chapter 21, beginning in verse 1. It says, Now these are the judgments which you shall set before the children of Israel. If you buy a Hebrew servant, he shall serve six years, and in the seventh he shall go out free and pay nothing. If he comes in by himself, he shall go out by himself. If he comes in married, then his wife shall go out with him. If his master has given him a wife, and she has borne him sons or daughters, the wife and her children shall be her masters, and he shall go out by himself. But if the servant plainly says, and here it is, I love my master, my wife, and my children, I will not go out free, then his master shall bring him to the judges, and he shall also bring him to the door or to the doorpost, and his master shall pierce his ear with an awl, and he shall serve him forever." Serve him forever. And you know, when you think about the ear, it speaks of obedience, listening. 
with the intent of being obedient. You think of the all, the, the piercing. It all reminds us of what Jesus willingly did on the cross, doesn't it? He was pierced through himself into the wood, and the blood came down. Even back here as a bondservant, when it says that Jesus himself was a bondservant, the picture that we read here in Exodus, the, the, the type goes straight through. You can see how Jesus was a bondservant, even to the death of a cross. And he went to the cross for you and I. And again in Philippians, what does it say? He made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as man, he humbled himself, became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. In verse 17, it says, Finally, honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God and honor the king. Honor all people. That means respect. You know, you don't have to agree with somebody, but you can respect them, and you can respect their office. You can respect what they do. And we are to value people, to esteem all people. Isn't it an ugly thing that we've got going on in our culture right now? There's so much hate, so much hate. And Jesus is living in you, and what are you going to do? How are you going to respond to all of this? I'd really encourage you to be careful. If you've got anything good to say on Facebook or Twitter, if you're a tweeter, whatever it is that you do, may it be seasoned with grace, seasoned with salt. Let it be the things that are going to be encouraging, encouraging other people. Because let me tell you something, there's enough negativity. We need to be agents of good for Christ's sake. We need to submit. We need to be bond servants. We need to let our liberty not become a cloak for vice or for evil things. A truly spiritual person can see, even in the most difficult of characters, the potential they have for the kingdom of God and the fact that they are made in the image of God. And he goes on and he says, Love the brotherhood. I love what John says in 1 John chapter 3. He says, Do not marvel, my brethren, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. Notice, that's a mark of being a believer. You're going to love the brethren. You're going to love them. Love people. <laughs> you don't have to love. You know, there's some people that I don't really care for. I don't really like, to be honest with you, but I'll love them. And the devil will come along and say, Ah, but you're a hypocrite. Yes, gladly and willing to be a hypocrite in that area because I'm doing the right thing even though my feelings say something else. Do you get my point? If you're doing something wrong and you're claiming, you know, um, it's, it's really important that your conscience before God is the thing that matters most. So even though somebody would say, well, you're being a hypocrite, I can say you're absolutely right. I'm struggling with this person, but I'm going to love them because I, I want to see them as a child of God, in the image of God, I want to see them for the potential that they have, even if I can't stand them right in front of me. I can't stand them. I'm going to be kind. I'm going to be nice. I'm going to love them the best I can. Sometimes you have to part company. Sometimes you have to say goodbye, but I can love them in the process of it. Does that make sense? Let the devil say what he wants. Let everybody say what they want, because you're doing the right thing, because that's what God would have you do. In John chapter 13... The apostle of love, John, the apostle, he says, A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. This is Jesus speaking. By this all 
By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. So let's do that. Let's love each other. There are people in this room that you might not really get along with, but we can love them, right? We can love each other in spite of those differences. And we ought to. Don't let yourself get caught up in hate. It's easy to hate. You just have to wake up and roll out of bed. The very natural thing is to hate. But to love is supernatural. In spite of someone else's actions, in spite of someone else's character, you can still love them. You don't have to agree with them. You don't have to coddle them. You don't have to enable them. You can love them and do the right thing. And he goes on and he says, fear God. And the idea is reverence. Be in awe of who God is. When we find that our worship seems cold and indifferent, it's because we have lost sight of who God really is. He is Almighty God. I would encourage you to read in Revelation. I forget the verse. Read the first chapter, the whole thing. You're going to see an image of Christ. And you're going to see him in his glorified state. And trust me, you read that, let your heart get taken away by the glory and this great and awesome almighty God that he is. And worship will happen spontaneously. Just think about it. John Volvord said this again. He says, One will never truly respect people until he reverences God. I think that's true. It's easy to to reverence. uh, How can we reverence God? You know, if, if we can't reverence Man, how can we reverence God whom we can't see? But he calls us to a higher place. And finally, he says, honor the king. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, and we're going to end here in just a moment, he says, I exhort therefore that first of all, supplications, prayers, and intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, notice, and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come under the knowledge of the truth. So honor the king. J. Vernon McGee said this, and I I read this, and I couldn't help but write it down, so i got to share it with you, especially in the world we live in now. He says, We owe an honor to the office of the man who rules over us. I have never voted for a president whom I really wanted. I have always voted against the other candidate. I have never known a president who I felt was really capable. However, regardless of who is president and regardless of his inability, he should be honored because of his office. I am not impressed by some scripture-spouting, pious individuals who attack the President of the United States. The office is to be honored. Pretty powerful. And I'll be honest with you, I have been guilty of this very thing. To some of you, it's something that I'm trying to get out of my life. That regardless of who's in power, regardless of who our President is, I may not agree, but I need to be careful I need to honor that office, whether I'm Republican or Democrat or green or purple or whatever I am. (laughs) I need to honor that office and to not be propagating my rotten heart because I have a rotten heart sometimes. Do you? Sometimes we let it go a little too far, and the Holy Spirit is always at the edge of my mouth saying, "Ah, ah, 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 be careful, Rob. Bust it again. So I've been guilty of this, but regardless... This is what we need to do. 
regardless of what party we're affiliated with and regardless of who is serving in the office as President of the United States, we need to take a serious look at this, change our ways. We need to obey the Word of God and submit to the authority that God has placed over us. And anyone who is called or thrust into a leadership position must understand this, and they must demonstrate it, to submit to an authority that is over you, to not use your liberty that you may personally have by the grace of God, not to use it as a stumbling stone for somebody else, to not use it as a cloak of vice or a cloak of covetousness, to not use it as an excuse. Look what we can do. I remember seeing on Instagram a picture of a pastor taking a young group of teens, or a young, uh, they're not teens, they were, they were in their 20s, going out to some restaurant, and they're all sitting there with a, with a beer. And, and we, I mean, really? <laughs> you're sitting there in a public place, you're a pastor, and you've got all these people underneath you that are coming to hear the truth of the Word of God, and all you can do is say, it's okay, you know, Christianity's not that bad, you know, look what we can do, look at the liberty we have. Not a good thing. Not a good thing. Ashamed. He should be ashamed of himself. We can't let that liberty be a stumbling block, but rather be a bond servant, be a doulos, be one who is willing to submit myself under the one who paid the price for my sin, who ultimately, do you realize this? Eternity, we will be spending with him, no one else. I mean, we'll all be there, but he is the object of eternity. He is going to be there. Jesus Christ, God Almighty in the flesh, we are going to see him for all of eternity. It will never end. Do you understand the wonderful magnificence of that? It will never end. And all this stuff that we're struggling with now, it's going to seem like but a vapor. It's going to seem like it just it didn't even happen. Can you, can you, can you, do you get it? That's the way we need to live. So submit to authority. Don't let your liberty be a cloak for covetousness. And love one another, right? Honor the king. Whoever that is, submit to authority. Let's stand. Pray that you have a wonderful day today. I'm praying for that the electricity will stay on. That's all I care about, honestly. I'm like, you know, the wind can, it can rattle and stuff out there, but I want to have my hot chocolate tonight. Right? <laughs> Pray that you have a wonderful day. Stay home tonight. Don't come out. We are going to be closed. The door is closed. Enjoy yourself with your family and stay warm. And, and may God bless and encourage each of your hearts. And, you know, again, just take these things, read this passage over again, and just re-examine your life, re-examine your heart and your attitude toward these things and just let God do the work. You don't have to worry. He loves you. You're already accepted by God if you're a believer. And here's the fun thing. As a result of that, what he has done, my great joy, my great privilege, my calling and yours as well is to worship him as a result of what he has already done. That is the best worship. We respond because of what he has done. It never comes from me. I'm always responding to the greatness of our God. And that's the way, that's where worship begins. That's where worship is. That's where it ends. It's all about Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Father, we thank you for this day. Please get us home safely, Lord, and may you, 
Lord, bless the electric grid this evening <laughs> and all of our homes and our dwellings. Thank you so much for your love and grace, God. In Jesus' name we pray. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time when Pastor Rob continues our study in 1 Peter. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. And that number again is 585-586-3140. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, ministry and contact information, our location and service times, and much more. You can even download the radio and sanctuary messages in MP3 format free of charge from the resources link. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester Sanctuary Messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play or Apple Podcast. We are so glad that you could join us today, and if there is any way that we could bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.